Um, what are you drinking? Voodoo Ranger. Nice, nice. IPA. Um, Justin, you're up at uh at nine a.m. right now. Dude, my body <laughs> wakes me up. I fucking hate it, man. I wake up early and I don't even mean to. It's like a curse. It's not. A, it's not the worst thing. But what time like, do you wake happens. up normally? How we got, I mean, like, I'm used to waking up early on the weekdays, so I just do the same thing on the weekends. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm drinking, it doesn't matter if I'm not, I'll always wake up at, like, 6.15. Wow. Like, no matter, but I mean, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's just, this is what my body does. I haven't heard my alarm in, like, years. I just, I'm like, please let me hear my fucking sleep to my alarm, and I just beat my alarm every time. Oh, I mean, what time are you going to bed? Um, I try, I mean, I get in bed around 10.15, so it's, like, it's okay. reasonable, and then it's I fall asleep like after that. Yo, um, I thought it was... Hours. Right. I thought it was the craziest thing. I remember Nick used to Nick. You would never use an alarm. You you would I don't, just I don't ever go use to alarms, sleep, no. and you would know what time to wake up, and you would just wake up at that time. <laughs> like that's, no, no, no. It is. It is true. It's, well, it's it's also not a good thing because, like, if I go to bed um, and I I just like think of, about the time when I want to wake up, and I know what time it is. Like, I'll I'll generally wake up probably like an hour before that time, and then like continually uh, go back to sleep and wake up like a couple times before I need to get up. So it's a good thing in that I don't use alarms, but it's bad that like that's a, a, an hour wasted of sleep because I'm, I'm waking up like five times before I actually need to wake up. Yeah. Dude, I, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I know what you're saying. But that's correct. That's correct. Like I'll wake up if I set, I'm now setting my alarm at like 8.30 a.m., which is so nice. But I wake up at like 8.25 a.m. consistently yeah. every day. Okay. And I wake up. Nick, that's I, like your superpower. That's like, if all yes. of us had superpowers, there's gonna be like, I don't need an alarm clock. And they're like, but like, it doesn't need a lot of battery. You're like, no, 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 no. I don't need an alarm clock. They're like, okay, dude. Yeah, that's, that is definitely my superpower. Yeah. Um, but um, wait, so why did you suggest this time if you don't, if it, you just wake up and you're extremely tired, no matter what, Justin? Yep, always. I'm, I wake up and I'm just constantly, <laughs> the minute I wake up, I'm exhausted. <laughs> just like, sometimes I can go, sometimes I can sleep like longer than I feel fine, but like, I'm like, I just have some things going on today. And so like my body woke up early. I don't know. Yeah. You, you, just, um, it, you probably have too many thoughts going on in your head, right? That's it. Um, yeah. I didn't do, I didn't do Z-Quil last night. Um, I do Z-Quil sometimes. Any Z-Quil fans out there? Uh, I've tried it. I mean, that's. Uh, not that's to be confused with NyQuil. Not to be confused. Okay. Z-Quil is the sleep only. Not yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. not like. Yeah, yeah. I love NyQuil. I've never like tried. I'll usually do mel melatonin if I'm trying to get like a real good night's sleep. But how often do you do uh, use uh, Zequil? Uh, well, um, <laughs> <laughs> it goes in ebbs and flows. It's kind of like that last blanket. I put on my real blankets and I put on the Zequil blanket. And it's just a heavy blanket that sits on me at night when I go to sleep. Now I, I do it um, once or twice a week, maybe. Um, and uh, you don't feel groggy in the morning at all, guys? I don't groggy. If, if like, like constantly? Groggy, is not a, groggy isn't a big deal. Everyone's like, but I feel, I slept nine hours, but I feel groggy. I'm like, but you slept nine hours. Like, that's amazing. Like being groggy, just have, have some coffee. It's not a big deal. Like uh, I'll take, I'll take groggy. I'll take eight and a half hours and groggy versus six and change and no groggy. Right? Yeah. But there's, but there's like you, different levels of groggy. There's like, there's like very hungover groggy. There's like weed brownie groggy. Like getting a little too much sleep groggy does not, you know, doesn't fall too yeah, much. Yeah, but I mean, what, it, what does it matter about the number of hours if you don't, if you feel groggy when you wake up? Like, who cares? It was eight, you're just saying like, check a box eight hours, but you feel like shit when you wake up? 
Like, mm, yeah, I know, but like cognitively, you're still. I mean, I guess it depends on what groggy. Well, means. that's what I mean. Like, yeah, if, yeah. Like when I feel groggy, it's like I wake up and I feel even even if I drink coffee, I feel like really heavy. I'm like feeling a little slow, and I'm like I'm like tired, not to the point where I, I can sleep, but I'm just like a little. I'm like half asleep basically, and like cognitively, I'm not as sharp. That's what I mean by like, groggy. True, I, I see yeah. what you're saying. And like so, um, like sometimes I can sleep for a few hours, but like it's solid sleep, and then you know just but it's fewer hours, but I don't feel groggy. Right, right, right. Guys, everyone around me in LA. So I live in LA. For those of you, for the and Nick, for the are, we, are, we record, are we recording this gold right now? Yeah, yeah, we've been recording. Oh, so you started like um, we're just at after? the. I don't see the time. It's been like five minutes. Cool, um, guys. So I'm Nice. Zyrtec, number one doctor recommended. Thank you for that. There you go. Thank you. I just heard some cash signs. That, the bank account <laughs> just got bigger. <laughs> Sponsor money. Gosh, you guys are getting wealthy every time my, you do that. My, my, theory, my theory is if we, if we get sued, then we're doing something right. That means we're big enough to, for them to expend resources on us. So Get, get sued for promoting Zyrtec? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess that's true, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like if we're if they if they send like litigate or like legal team after us, that means we're we're growing. You know, that means they're a, they're a little scared, threatened. So, I mean, probably not threatened, but the fact that it's gotten to them like in their ears means like it's been spread. So yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it would be a good thing for us to know. You know, we don't really need a legal team. I don't think it's too much of a like they can take a couple cents off our videos if they want. We'll get Nick's brother. Nick's brother represent us. Uh, yep. <laughs> Shout out to my brother. Continue, Justin. Oh, I was just saying that I have a lot of musicians trying to make it to live around me. And <laughs> we were all home. Why couldn't they be writers? Like, there's a woman who, there's a girl who's trying to sing that lives, uh, like, her building right next to me, door open all the time. She's like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh. like, in the middle of the day, I'm like on a conference call, all this, you're like, oh, oh. and I'm like, what is it? And then someone below is like, nah, 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 nah. and there's a guitarist who's like a poor man's John Mayer. And yeah. he's like, on the other side of me, everyone has their windows open because it's nice out here, and everyone just is strumming along. Everyone's trying to make it, and they have a lot of work to do. And I'm like, why couldn't you guys be writers or something? Like, uh, <laughs> right, right, what do you well, mean writers? The, the, writers, the writers are quiet, so you don't yeah, hear Yeah, you're just typing away. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. you mean like writing a book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, why do you like a script, like a screenplay okay. writer or something? Yeah, like, yeah. That, that, rat, <laughs> that rat race to me is, like, very funny. Like, a lot of, like, people, like, trying to, like, be a star in L.A. A, a lot of my friends out here are trying to do it, man. I mean, I'm the only one. It it also got, seems like it, it seems like a fun hobby, you know, like it seems like like you'll have your day job, you're probably like not totally fulfilled, and then you're just like, you know, on the weekends I try to be a star, and it's just like whatever the hell you're trying to create, you're just trying to to make it good. Yeah, man, so. it's like the chase. It's in, like the wealth disparity is insane out here. That's the reason it fucks with people's heads. Is that like. It, you can just make it like like in the corporate world you know there's like radiance and like you, you live a comfortable life at some point hopefully and you know it's like it's not it's not as though you'll be driving a lamborghini next year conceivably like that's completely out of the realm of possibility but for like these actors or writers and so on like it really is possible that you're either making i don't know less than fifty thousand dollars a year and then suddenly jump up to like deep six figures quickly yeah. um after I did some research though because I was curious and I've got some friends that are actors and like it looked like a lot 
you can make it at any point and that's the thing that fucks with you but it looks like most of most actors have to be at it for around nine years yeah before they really have it you have to like go at it for a long time yeah and make almost no money it's really hard and you know you're usually in your 30s by the time you make it so like all your friends have like stepped up the you know the food chain a little bit and you're still like you know trying to trying to get things done it's hard yeah because because all you need is that one like break that one good that one person to take a chance on you Mm -hmm. and then the one break and then you do amazing in it and then people talk about you um yeah that that, like carrot is is crazy it is man and like wealth out here like people love flexing their stuff like it's just yeah it's, it's everywhere um it's weird yeah, that's, yeah. That's not that grind. That type of grind is not for me at all. It's rough, man. You got to be really down to like be embarrassed, like put yourself out there, like yeah. keep pushing for years, like have roommates when you're in your thirties, like things yeah. like that. You know. Do Do you think that makes like uh, that's part of the reason that L.A. like West Coast people might be? And I'm guessing there's a big difference. Is there a big difference between L.A. people and San Francisco people? Yeah, it's interesting. They're exact opposites. Like, one is all about brains, one is all about looks, and you can guess which one is which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be, yeah. To be clear, why don't you tell us? Oh, yeah, I'm exaggerating. <laughs> a, I'm exaggerating a little <laughs> bit, but San Francisco is just like, you know, there's no entertainment bubble there. It's yeah, all about yeah. tech. It's usually pretty. Pe- it's it's the tech elite, people who are smart, people who are college educated. They know it. Yeah. Most of them work in tech companies. There's very little diversity. It's thirty five percent Asian and like ninety percent and sixty percent Caucasian. It's just like a really weird. It's just a really weird group of people, and they're all lashed together. Love San Francisco. I was there for three years, but um, L A is different. It's a melting pot. It's very diverse. All kinds of languages. I took out dinner from Little Ethiopia last night in L A, which is great. Um, and what was I going to say? Yeah, and and but people down here are more attractive like there are professional models here like yeah. this is where you go and looks are important and it's nice out all the time do you think do you think because of that uh people are more sensitive um no, to I, like what do you mean i would think like, they're less sensitive right in in my in my thought like east coast people have like sarcasm and this kind of like edge to them that west coast like if you're in a rat race to try and like look good like like superficially just be you know have the best things and everything it also creates a whole group of people who are not yet have yet not yet made it who are fairly sensitive uh I see what you're saying to their well, to their craft instead of the person who's working nine to five and is just can kind of like make fun of their kind of daily routine and not get uh, offended by i don't know i think like i think what you're saying at first more of the east coast grit and like the very people are very straightforward in like New York and like kind of mean and stuff versus West Coast and why West Coast I mean I actually mean like more San Francisco people are really like passive aggressive and like kind of sensitive they go like they're not very direct in their like how they talk or like behave especially yeah. like I was talking to my brother about that and he's he was noticing the differences in that especially people being so passive aggressive him living in Seattle um, but yeah I, I equate that more with San Francisco but I feel like LA is maybe he's not really like that i'm just guessing um like pe- places where it's all about looks or like power or i mean not like money like i feel like those places are much less of that like 
being sensitive and being passive aggressive. I mean, it's, it's all about what you see. So like people, a place like Miami and LA, I think are not, are, are less, definitely less so uh, kind of that sensitivity, passive aggressiveness than San Francisco. That's what I would think. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, one thing I did notice is there's a big loss of sarcasm on the West Coast, which, and I love sarcasm. It's just like fun and like, obviously not in a mean way, but like, you know, it's just like we're all from the East Coast. It, to us, it's just like a normal part of life. But on the West Coast, I was like, yeah, I love the weather this past week. And they were like, but you love it when it rains? And I was like, no, I was kidding. <laughs> They're like, but what do you mean? Like, in San Francisco, there. yeah, I, I, was, I was like, well, like, yeah. there's a little bit of don't pop my bubble. And like, there's a lot of dreamers out here. People who want to dream to start a company. People who want to dream to be, you know, this or that. So, like, yeah. it's like, this is my bubble. Don't pop it. Like, this is what I want. Yeah. So, the, there's a little bit of that. I think most stereotypes are exaggerated in general but like yeah there, there's it, it there's a lot there's a lot of like there's some passive aggression out here and one thing people also say is that like people will be a little bit faker to you but they could also be also just be friendly someone's like yeah let's get a coffee sometime i'm like you hate like you don't want to get coffee. like i know you don't want to get coffee yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said that like i there is a no percent chance we're gonna get coffee in the next six years yeah, yeah, yeah. you just said let's get coffee and I was like, okay, you're either being fake or you're just trying to be nice. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I, I grouped that in with like the sensitivity thing, like kind of be aware of people's feelings more than being direct and saying like, uh, I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't be like, nah, like we're not going to get coffee. So like, I'm not going to get it. But if, you, if, if anybody anywhere is going to do that, it's going to be like New York, Philadelphia. For sure. Like if anyone's just going to be straight up, like we're not actually chilling. Like, I mean, no, no one would say York that, but thing. just like not offer in the first place. Hey, uh, take my phone, delete your number yeah. from my phone, yeah. and then no, throw no. your phone in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, we're not. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I feel like we should totally get drinks afterwards. That's like something that, like, <laughs> I don't know, that like, that like just insincerity to me, like bothers me personally. I prefer it to be does? just like very like non-passive. Be but like, you know, I'll see you if I see you. Oh, you, so you don't it's do like, it as well sometimes? No, 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 no. I, Nick is coming off that NBA game. Nick's I'm, coming off the NBA game. Where yeah, all, yeah, yeah. All you guys, there was drinks later. So you get the shack later. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you got to pull it off sometimes. Like, no, just I know. To, as an, a, a farewell, like, there's no way to end it without saying, like, yeah, like, let's get coffee or, like, I'll hit you next week, whatever. Like, yeah. just to be a little nice, even though it's I, definitely not going to work. But I, I like to give somebody, because somebody, people always hear that. So I like to give them the refreshing, like, I'll see you when I see you, kind of. <laughs> and, and I have gotten, like, I'll be like, yeah, maybe we'll chill. Maybe I'll see you around. And then it's like, it's gone poorly. Hey, man, that's, that's, that's cold as fuck. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe it's refreshing, I'll see you, though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think yeah. people like that, though. Yeah, but I give them a little smile and a kiss, and then it's okay. <laughs> Nick, what was, that, what was that NBA networking like? It was a lot of – it was like a thing. It was like a thing you had to do, right? Yeah, I mean, basically, you just have to be involved in a lot of stuff and, like, go out a lot and, like, have a presence – because you just have to build like those relationships and network with your peers. It's like, it's not like, it's not because you want to like have a good time. Well, it is, but like part of it is having a good time or like doing something. Part of it is just doing it with the other people around you so that you can network when it comes to like later on and you're looking for a job or you're like trying to like make connections somewhere. Uh, so that's like, that's probably like 50% of it. It's just like doing yeah. things with other people to like build a, a, a relationship with them, but not necessarily like, cause you want to. Like, if there's one thing you change about NBA, what would it be? The NBA, my NBA experience or NBA in general? Your NBA experience or, or just in general, like what was one thing that was like 
fatally flawed that like you were like that needs to change um well it's not going to change but like that kind of what i was saying also like if you don't have a public presence then like it's 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 all about the public presence so like a lot of it is fake kind of so like people like building their brand and posting on social media just because they want to build that brand. It is fake. Like definitely in my opinion. Um, so like, I don't like that, uh, that aspect of it, but it's just part of business school. Like pe- the reason people go there. What, what kind of like, is it possible to have a brand and not use social media? Like, do you have to use Instagram? Dude, you, you, these days, like you, I, I for sure you have to use Instagram. That's the God. only way. I hate that. Instagram trip. exclusively. You have to like picks with other people, like doing things, like that's that's the only way. Oh my god, that is so yeah. exhausting. A yeah. couple, a couple of the things that I think, uh, dude, Instagram media, is extremely effective it, in every avenue, in my opinion. But go ahead. Yeah, but no, yeah, well, it's part, amazing. Part part of me thinks that like, like yeah, you can like fall into the pressures and like kind of everyone's posting like the same things, like good good portrait modes of themselves. And it's like people like love that. Like it's easy to know what is going to take off more on like Instagram and social media versus like what you actually want to reflect as yourself in that in that language medium. Like posting yeah. on Facebook is a different language. Instagram's a different language. Uh, you know, so finding your voice on those social media that is like comfortable for yourself while you're still not feeling like you're kind of giving into some like rat race, like fake bullshit. Yeah. Is, is like, is a, a, an interesting muscle to flex for yourself in terms of how, how you interpret the different languages for, for yourself. Yeah. Uh, Like that, that's why like Instagram for me personally, like I post because like, I like a picture of myself Mm. and I don't, I don't, like I'll post like a piece of art that I like, like Justin, you'll post like, like posting like your art, like out there is like, I think like a very good expression of mm. like social media that you can find differently in different platforms. Yeah. Um, like, mm-hmm. like Justin posting his art on Twitter, he's going to post it out there and maybe just get like zero likes on it. You know, Twitter is yeah. a different language. Um, yeah. So, so as long as like you're playing in there and you're not get falling into the trap of like comparing yourself to like other people like around you or like putting some sort of like cool value on it, mm-hmm. then that authenticity you develop that muscle and that authenticity eventually uh, finds itself just like any other language, just like speaking or practicing any other language. You have to like keep flexing it and find your own voice within it rather than trying to like mimic or or like follow what what you think might be popular or anything like i I think like people like would you say that it shows in business school some people who are more authentic and some people who are kind of just like like always putting on the the fake smile and the ha-has uh yeah it's i will everybody does it so like i can kind of see it yeah but, um, yeah, but don't you find it refreshing? Like, are you able to tell when somebody is being like real, like yes. takes that face mask off and is being like real with you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's well, yeah. When I, when, when uh, you get to the point where the people like put their guards down a little bit and be more real, like, yeah, it, it's, and then it, from that point, it's easy to see when other people are fake. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like for me, I see, I was, I see, I was just saying like, I don't post on Instagram a lot, but now I would say it's like, 
80% of like me posting stuff, I would actually want to post and like, I think are cool, whatever. And then 20% is like, I need some type of presence. I need to like, say like, if there's an event or something, I need to say like, oh, like we crushed it at this case competition. Congrats to whoever, whoever. Like I, right. I need some type of presence like, because other people need to see that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that could be important to you too. Yeah. So that's it, not it, like. Maybe less important, but like, so that my, my balance yeah. right now is like 80, 20 probably. And that's just because of business school. But like, um, yeah, if, 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 uh, if I could, ideally I wouldn't post that much at all, but you just, you need to exist like in the like digital way, in my opinion, especially now, like I need some evidence that I exist. Guys, guys, what if, what if TikTok starts taking up market share in the NBA social profiles? And so like you guys, you have to do like a Saturday Night Fever dance on, like at the pregame. Like, all right, guys, so I'll just get this out of the way. And then everyone does have like, a thing that uh, you yo, all do. Definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that gets like, oh, all right, let's just get this out of the way. Okay, and one and two. Yeah. And yeah. And two. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But that could, that could very easily be the culture. Like if you're like, if kids and stuff like that, like if your kids start loving TikTok, then like you have to just, you have to just do it with them un unless you just don't want to. Like there's a social like tornado that eventually has to like capture you. And because I've been, I, I used TikTok for about maybe a month until I really started to hate it. Just because, like, I realized, like, if I wanted, like, engage in this language, then I would just have to, like, like, do dances. I would TikTok, have to, like, TikTok is not, like, it's just videos, man. That's not, like, Instagram. I, th right? I think TikTok is cool. I don't do it. I don't even have the app because it's addictive. But my old roommate, Ben, does. And he got 5.4 million views on this video that he made. He, yeah. he has, like, yeah, 10,000 yeah. followers now. It went pretty, he, it went viral. I guess it went viral. But. I think TikTok is different because it's like a little goofier. You can't take yourself as seriously. So it's something a little bit refreshing to see like people, whereas like there was a lot of like, and on all these social platforms, there's a lot of like vir virtue signaling where you're like, oh, like it's important to meditate. Like there's a lot yeah, of like yeah. self-importance and like, like I lead the perfect life, like how perfect my life is like working out in the morning, like screenshotting their work, their run on the map. I'm like, Jesus. Right. But TikTok is just you dancing to Kesha. It's like, and you yeah. look goofy and it's in your sweatpants and it's nice to break down that wall and not be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree hundred percent, but like I, I've never ever posting a TikTok thing. Cause I don't, I'm not like trying to create a funny thing. I love to, I like the, that type of thing. Cause it's funny. The videos everyone do are funny. I like the funniest ones to bubble up, but I'm never going to like be the person to do like a silly video just cause that's not really the type of person I am. But like yeah. people don't use TikTok to like communicate. Right. Like I'm not going to hit up. I'm not going to hit up someone can you direct, can you DM on TikTok? I think you can tag, but it's not a central feature. Yeah, like Instagram people all. are like, I'm, if I see some, some chick who's posting an incredible photo, I'm definitely like copying the DMs for sure. Like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. you're taking your shots on DMs? You see like a bikini pic and you hop oh, in? Oh, no, no, like, no, I don't, what are you doing I don't mean random chicks. I mean like if a girl in the, who I know is like obviously posting some pic for a reason and like, I know her and she's, you know, whatever. Yeah, hop in DMs for sure. Yep. Fire. Um, but I'm saying like that's e e Instagram is used in a like a way different way. Yeah. Also, yeah, we talked about slap. Sorry, go ahead. Good. I was going to say um, something off topic. Yeah, I was going to say TikTok is like similar to Vine, except it's more music centric. 
yeah. yeah. So like, I think your friend, your friend made like a funny like cut video about I forget like making breakfast or who did? It was it was just like it's very similar to Vine, as in there are funny, there are like very funny videos out there, mm-hmm. but there's just a higher portion of people doing dances than Vine. Gotcha. Which is like it can get kind of boring. Yeah. Nick, what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, we, we talked about this earlier, the, the ads on Instagram, just like, well, obviously, like with the ads in general, we all know, like, whatever you look at, your browsing history, whatever, they're going to target you based off that. But Instagram, for me, that shit is so effective just because, like, there's all these incredible, like, videos and pics that I see in, like, our quick 15 seconds, and I always click them because they're always so relevant. Like, s- recently, like, the home workout equipment and like um, different masks I've been looking at or like podcast equipment. It's just like every time I look at something and then I go to Instagram and I see all these like tight videos or tight pics for like these smaller companies, I always click it. And like, I'm much more likely to buy that than any other type of advertising or like anything. And but yeah, man. I like that. But Stack says Instagram ads is a lot less effective than Facebook. Right. Is that the case? Yeah, Instagram, then, so, it, I mean, Google Ads is gold, and then Facebook, and then Instagram. Yeah. Why Facebook? Oh, because Facebook just has so much more information on you, like, so much yeah. more. Yeah, and... Well, they are, but Instagram is owned by Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but you can still, like, split it up. You can still, I'm, like, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, the advertising... Um, you mean, like, the metrics of, like, whatever... The, the metrics of, like, like, ROI and actually, like, generating sales... Yeah. I believe, and, and this is something I checked like two years ago, and Instagram advertising has changed a lot um, in terms of like just the frequency. Like mm-hmm. every three posts that you go through is like an ad on Instagram. Like Instagram is like pretty ad heavy right yeah. now. Um, but yeah, I, I would remember Facebook ads are like very prevalent because they pop up like right in your newsfeed and just, you know, uh, mm. I think more I think like the the age at which I think like thirty to like fifty year olds or something like that use that Facebook a lot more. Yes, and they're they're right more there. like uh, they're more kind of like willing to just kind of like purchase things. Maybe I don't know. I don't know a hundred percent. I'd have to like look back in. But yeah. last time I checked, Facebook was Facebook generated more than yeah had revenue that, than that's not too surprising, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's just more comprehensive. Yeah. yeah. And like this goes age th- of people. This kind of goes into in well with uh, one of our topics about uh, the future of advertising. Uh, we have uh, Justin Mann here, who uh, you know, I think you know how to get to the people pretty well. Maybe uh, maybe a little too well. Um, <laughs> wanted to talk about, I guess, the future of advertising. Sure. For me, it's it's kind of an interesting thing because I I work directly with Google advertising, and okay. I'll go to conventions and I'll see like, we'll be hanging out with like the TV advertisers who, you know, they're typically like older and their sales pitches sound like a little desperate and like TV advertising, you can't really like measure any sort of like ROI or like get like actually good data to sell back to the people who want to advertise. So it's this kind of just big pitch of like television and impressions, which is just for me, like if I tried to sell that, that would just be more of a headache. Whereas like Google ads here, like it's a, it's a direct reflection of demand in the market. 
and you and the the data will tell you and all you have to do is like set it up and it's like it's a pretty nice and like cushy place to be in the advertising space um, so the the, role, the position you're talking about is being that of an agency where a brand is paying you to run ads for them yeah got it yeah got exactly it. Yeah, I mean, uh, but the one difference though is that with over the, but with connected smart TV, I mean, an ad on Hulu, you can link an ad on Hulu and then if I go on my laptop and buy, you can link those two events. It's pretty wait, cool. Like, say, it, it's, say it again. Yeah. All of your, like, there are, there are graph, there are device graphs now where your iPad, your cell phone, your smart TV, um, the average consumer has 3.6 devices. And you can link all of them. And there are companies like um, oh, yeah. LiveRamp. And I remember your dad telling me that he actually did accounting for LiveRamp, Chris, a few years ago, which was, mm-hmm. which is cool. Um, but yeah, companies like LiveRamp are device graphs where they like make sure that they have all of your devices. So that's part of their offering. It's oftentimes it's probabilistic, not deterministic, because it's hard. There's a lot of people who live in a house, but like basically, like I think we all have smart TVs. But that smart TV is on Wi-Fi, as is our laptop, common IP address with our cell phone. Maybe there's a watch, smartwatch involved. There's a lot of devices we all have. So, like, if you see an ad on Hulu, and then you go on your laptop and buy that within a certain amount of time, smart TVs do have that capability, but cable does not. That's what I was trying to say. Mm. Yeah. Of, of getting a return to know if you clicked. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it is a big deal. And, like, and constantly, like, getting in front of the uh, – the consumer too, like Facebook, uh, Instagram, it just like constantly flashes a picture of you and like cool clothes or like whatever. It's like very photo centric, um, like videos, like getting your ad up on like Hulu or, or YouTube. Uh, you know, it has like those, you can skip after five seconds, which if people skip your ad, that means you don't pay for it. So it's like, it's kind of nice to kind of get, you almost get like free impressions out of that. But in terms of advertising, there's getting in front of the user, right? Like if you just bombard people, like you said, the average consumer has 3.4 screens. Like if you're constantly like bombarding them with ads, like is there a point that they just kind of like give in and like purchase? Like that data is so hard to kind of like touch, I guess. Whereas like the easy thing with like Google is you can like literally track the buy, which is just like nice and an easy selling point. But um, what do you mean by track the buy? Like, I mean like a cart attrition, a com- like if someone convert- drops off and then com- comes back, you can, you can track a, a conversion. You can actually track yeah. how, how the person like got to the actual purchase order, which is, is nice. But, um, do you think anything like special in advertising is coming down the line aside from just bombarding screens? I mean, like the world I'm in is for those who are listening. Um, I used to run a startup called physical. We're a, um, a location intelligence business and we have a lot of customers in the marketing space and we detect people's presence, what stores they're in. And then we basically distribute that information to a lot of like DSPs and advertisers. Long story short for the layman, um, we help ads become location relevant. So if you walk into a JCPenney or you walk into a sunglass hut, you may get an ad for sunglasses or jeans on a device later. It may not be in your phone. It could be on your computer. Um, yeah. You had to have opted into this at one point, but basically, um, yeah. So 
I mean, opted, the opted people, in, opted in as in just click agree on your, your um, phone opens up and you say agree to this and it's like 30 pages and you click agree. That's the, uh, that's one of the things you need to, yes, that's one mm-hmm. of the things you need to opt in. Yeah. To. And it's, what, it's very, it's very different in the United States than it is in Europe. In Europe, that yeah. stuff doesn't fly. No, no, it doesn't. Um, in California, there's a different threshold too. Um, but in, anyways, what I was going to say is that people, whenever I talk about what I do with people, they go, Oh, like those ads are creepy. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I've been doing this for years and it's been the same cocktail conversations since 2014. <laughs> basically in on first dates can do you know what it's like to explain <laughs> so what do you do it's like, can't um, even imagine I, that, I know where you i know what dates you're on i may have like a joke i make i'm like oh i know what dates you're on last weekend uh, they're like huh? is that is that ever uh, like illicit laughs like actual laughs does anyone actually um, i usually say i i do my spiel i talk about how it's all opt-in and then i make that joke and then the joke lands much better if i lead with that it can sometimes not go well so i like i i at first they're scared. Then I take them to a place where I explain everything yep. and they get it. And then I make a joke at the end and then like the joke lands much better. But like, yeah. if you do it in the wrong order, it's not going to be over very well. <laughs> um, basically the point is that you're always going to see an ad in that banner slot. You go to Google, you go to CNN, there's a banner slot an ad will appear there. The question is, do you want that ad to be relevant to you or not? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and notice that all the ads are already in English. You know, so like, okay, they have data. They know we speak English, right? They're not in Chinese. So there's already data on us that's feeding these ads. The data is just making it more and more relevant over time. Like, yeah. I don't need to yeah. see an ad for women's nail polish. Like, that's just, I, I, that's just totally irrelevant to me. Like, I would much yeah. rather see an ad for something that I might buy. Like, potentially, it's right. just market education. Yeah. And like, truly, I do want, if I'm going to buy a product, I want it to be the best product. Like, this is yeah. a way of getting me more information. Like, if it's a microphone, if it's workout equipment, like, I don't know. It's just more data that I'm seeing. It's there's some sales puffery, but like at least I'm learning more about the market. That's yeah. the point of advertising is to educate you. Yeah. So at and, least you're being educated a little more rather than seeing some random products in like another language for another gender that just right. isn't relevant to you at all. So yeah. go ahead, Chris. And I think, yeah, I think you're, I, I don't think it's like puffery at all. I think when people say it's creepy, it means that I actually kind of want this a little bit. Yeah. And like, the question is like, how many of us have, like, there is a way to opt out from all of this stuff. Like there are ways to do it in your apps, even in your phone. The question is how many of us have gone through the lengths to do that? It takes like 30 seconds. It takes 30 Google. seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's, if you're, it's not if you're hard, really but... creeped out about it, it'll take two seconds. Yeah. 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 Wait. And like, go ahead. I was gonna say, just interject real quick. Um, hold on. My, uh, this, there's like a 40 minute limit on this for some reason that hasn't happened in the past. So mm-hmm. uh, I want to pick up on this topic, not for that much longer, but uh, I have to close this out and, and resend the links if you guys don't mind. Cause this is- uh, Go for it. All right. So yeah, we'll be back to the topic in- uh, Cool. In three minutes. I'll, I'll send you guys Third the link. Third tag. All right. It works. Okay. All right, we're back. So do you remember what you were- oh. I guess the only thing I was going to say on advertising in general is that like it's becoming more contextually relevant. That's a big thing. Incorporating more of who you are, you know, like it's just making it more relevant to you. So it's more useful. But like, I guess the thing I was going to say is just that the technology that powers these ads is actually really amazing. And I think Chris is aware of it. Like the fact that when you go to CNN.com and you click enter from the moment that you click enter, there's an entire there's so much that happens behind the scenes where there's an exchange of advertisements from bidders, people that want to spend money and then suppliers 
um, mm -hmm. which are like people who have data on you that you're Nick Sanders, that you live in Austin, Texas, you're an MBA student, you work in tech, all this interesting information. There's a there's an, an exchange that occurs and ad is fed through and appears in that banner slot before the page even loads. Yeah. So it needs to beat the ad needs to have appeared and be loaded before the page loads with with the image and the content. Mm -hmm. That's in that's in like thirty milliseconds. Yeah. So the technology to power this is amazing, and it's in a, it's has utility across tons of other industries that are more important. And a lot of times, like these somewhat nefarious causes with technology at the beginning end up having incredible utility elsewhere. Like uh, video streaming was pioneered by pornography. Like yep. it was, and now, now look at it. Like yeah. we're FaceTiming with our relatives across the world. So like the, the military invented the internet and cell phones and like these things have changed the world. So like a lot of this, a lot of the ad tech is really fast, like high frequency data movement and it has incredible utility elsewhere. So yeah, when people, people get scared about the internet of things and other things that are coming about because of the creepy factor, but like no one's lives have been ruined thus far and everything should be opt in and you should be able to opt out if you want to, of course, yeah. like, of course. But um, yeah, people, people think that like knowing them is like, like people think like their ideas are so special. So like when, when technology knows them from like a couple of Google searches or website things, they're like, what, like, how do they know me? Like, how do they, yeah. like, you're not that complicated. Yeah. I think, like, you're uh, not that complicated <laughs> of a human. Like you, you like to take baths. You like to, you know, you like clean clothes. You like some nice things on the weekend. Yeah. It's not that complex. I, I, I ultimately think that people at the end of the day, don't really care about privacy that much. Like they're not willing to not use something like Google or like Facebook just because they're being targeted for something like they're switching costs. They're not going to, at the end of the day, they don't care too much about privacy, although they say it. Exactly. And like, also for me where the creepiness comes in and like, it's kind of like understandable is where I notice like specific moments where like I'll be on a phone call, like talking to someone and I mention something. And then the next thing I get an ad for that, like things where I wouldn't think that like something would pick up on my conversation or something. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. Where, so, like, there's some specific instances where I notice, like, okay, damn, like this is actually working a little too well. So like the implications of that, like, okay, how far can they go? And like, what are they actually like, what what's actually being monitored or whatever. So like people think about the implications of how much further it can go. That's where I kind of understand what they're saying. Yeah, does the, Facebook the listen a lot? Does does Facebook listen in? Is there a listen in opt out? You know. So basically, whenever the short answer is, I don't know. This is this got a lot of press a year or two ago, and obviously I'm against it. Like the idea is that when I'm playing on my computer, I understand that's in the ballpark and that's in the game of like a Facebook or Google. But if I'm talking with you guys and we're in your living room and we're not on our mobile phones, but my mobile phone's recording me, it's kind of like, hey, buddy, you stepped out of the the, yeah. the arena there. Like right. you stepped out of the arena. I'm not playing in your arena. Right <laughs> right, right, right. So that's like, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I, I get that. The way it actually works though, is that if you download any mobile app that asks for microphone access, yeah. um, there may be some T's and C's in there that may allow them to access your microphone when the application is not in use. That's what you have to look out for. I don't know who does it, but yeah. that's what happens. Right. It yeah. could be an Instagram or, or like anyone who like has a microphone request. Yeah. And also when they, um, Definitely like some of my emails, like the, the subjects or the, the body of my emails have certain words in it. And it definitely ads have been targeted based off that. That's Google does that. Too. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that, that, that feels like a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but that's, that's just like, uh, that's like the fear of like technology, like you becoming technology. 
a little bit. What do you mean? You mean like if technology knows you, it just knows your thoughts. That like if you started, if I thought Zyrtec and then I saw Zyrtec, it's just scary, you know. Like if you're like actually and and like the whole humans becoming robots thing is just it's a it's a scary thing i've definitely just like had instances where i talked about like this weird random game that nobody's ever heard of and it's like showed up in my feed yeah yeah and it's uh yeah it's scary yeah just i mean certain things like i don't want everything monitored uh for someone else's benefit like yeah like make let like prompting me to buy something like there are certain things that are private uh, yeah of course just yeah. A little, yeah too far that's why apps like signal and those open source ones are popular you know yeah like, like fire chat there's a bunch of them there was a whole there's a whole resurgence a couple of years ago well during like revolutions you know like the arab spring and some other ones so it makes sense yeah. i get why those exist they're cool yeah um yeah I wonder if I'll be getting uh, Zyrtec ads after this. Yeah, no one type in Zyrtec and we'll see if we get an ad. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, do that. I'll do that to my phone. I'll be like, wow, it's hot outside. I'd love a bathing suit, a really nice male 20s, 30s bathing suit. I am 30 years old. I would like a bathing suit. It is summer, 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 <laughs> bathing suit, bathing suit, bathing suit. We'll see. For we'll sure, see. get an ad. Um, Guys, so what, what's the, um, I'm trying to think of what the, the biggest, we're talking a lot about tech. I'm trying to think of what the biggest change is going to be like 30 or 40 years from now. One thing that everyone keeps talking about are like a contact lens that's, I, I think things are going to move, a, things are going to take a little while. Like I've heard about some fun things like, you know, Google, Google glasses, but a contact lens, Neur, the Neuralink. What do you guys think of Neuralink with uh, Elon? Oh, yeah, we, we, I th- we talked about this in length last episode. Oh, damn. Uh, okay, okay. With our other we guests. talked much about it. But I did see it, and I think it's interesting. One of the things that I have trouble grasping, because I'm not of that intellectual space, is the actual full functionality. Uh, whenever anyone talks about like infinity or like exponential graphs, like the whole the whole tech exponential graph, um, you know how how tech has been. Uh, Moore's law, you mean like how there's compounding growth every Moore's law, like why does it have to keep going at that rate? Why can't it like level off? I mean, why why do things have to keep getting better? Can't just like we do an okay job and then the sun hits the earth and you you fail? Like we're probably just going to fail, right? You're asking a huge question, but like we just, we, we become better through technology at getting better at things. Like we become more efficient and take, less time off doing research or doing something that takes time to do, we become more efficient and productive or we automate things or like the, the things that we automate become better at in, like making them its own thing more effective. Like it, we just increase the time it takes, we decrease the time it takes to do things and become better at it through technology. Like, yeah, but it's hard to grasp perfectionism. It's not through, perfection. It's just like a, the right human through a human lens. And it's, and that, in my head, like Neuralink is trying to create just the most productive human. And, and then to, what I am asking is to what end? Like everyone survives, everyone keeps building. And then we're a human race and, and we're trying to survive and we, and we either make it to Mars or we don't, or we die. Justin, 
Go just ahead, to, before before you say something, like, so what he's talking about is like last week when we were talking about this, and he stack asked, uh, like, okay, what what's the point? Like, what's the end game? And then I was saying like, one set way you could say it or think about it is like it's for our own sake. It's for like human survival. In the case of like right now the coronavirus, it takes time to to do research and to get in the lab and test and uh, like come up with a vaccine or treatments. It takes time to do those. And like the more productive we can become and the more efficient we're able to do that, we can decrease the time it takes to get a vaccine. And like actually for our sake, we, we it's, it's, uh, it's better for us to become more productive to do something like that. And like, we know that the earth has a limited time span and we know that we may need to explore other avenues like Mars, like whatever. So yeah. uh, it takes time to research and do those type of things. So if we can de decrease the time it takes to do that, and we're saying that Neuralink will have the ability to increase your cognitive function and make you more productive and with less mistakes, then that's going to be better for us as like a, a race. So that's, that's what I was saying last week. And that's what Stack's referring to about like okay. survival. Yeah. And Neuralink, I think immediately will help in terms of like epilepsy and like certain like cognitive uh, abnormalities that is is pretty cool for the medical community i think that will certainly happen in terms of after that i don't know but uh yeah just just not cut you off my bed go ahead i forget what i was saying um yeah no <laughs> I, I i agree it's cool it's cool it's just um oh, oh, oh a buddy of mine from boston um you know was a chemistry major and interviewed with Neuralink. This is four years mm. ago, as well as many other places. And he was talking to the team there. And at that time, they only had 50 employees. I don't know what they're at right now. I'm sure it's more. So this wasn't like too early, but yeah, they're a startup, but it's clear they had a bright future. And they were Elon backed and stuff, or if not founded. Um, yeah. Anyways, by him. Anyways, he was saying that he talked to his manager who was like, he was like, dude, you know what our conversations with Elon Musk are like? <laughs> and, this kid, and this kid was like, what, what do you mean? And the, the, the manager of Neuralink described what it's like working with Elon on this. And again, this was years ago, but he basically said like, Elon comes from the world of computer science and working on pure technology where you type something in and you press enter and a result comes out. And the result comes out immediately and you can experiment rapidly. And it's it's very, um, yeah, it, it's, it's very results driven and there's a clear path for all the directions you want to go in. He said the thing that was hard for Elon to get his head around was that you're not messing with the human body and you can like have an implant in your heart and your body can just like reject it. Like there's the notion the human body is just like a beast that's hard to tame and it mm -hmm. takes so long to get results and so on. And that Elon came in and met with the senior management team and was like, okay, when is V1 or this, this milestone going to be hit? Like, and I think the milestone he asked about was when Neuralink could be fully functional mm -hmm. with what they had scoped at the time. And they were like, oh, <laughs> scientists were like fully functional. They were like, ooh, could be like uh, 10, 15 years. And then Elon was like, that's infinity plus, that's like, he's like, that's infinity. I need a time that's sooner than that. And they're like, okay, maybe like a demo, like in nine years. And he's like, that's infinity minus one, <laughs> which is an engineering joke because infinity minus one is infinity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, so they were like, uh, and then like, that's kind of what the conversations were like where he's working to like turning on a light switch and the light comes on and like the human body, like putting things into the human body, having a mesh with our system and like work is just so hard. And I was listening for that on the Rogan podcast and Rogan's like, so how soon will this be ready? And he was like, mm, three years. He said, he said some num he said Dude. some amount of time that was, he said, 
He said, he said, he said, I think he said, uh, he said 25 or, or no, no, he said yeah. 15 or no, he said 10. He said 10, he said 10 to 15. And then Rogan like tried to put his, uh, his toast to the fire. He's like, really 10 to 15. He's like, yeah, probably 15. Like, okay. He, was he, it? He, well, he said, said that. And then he jumped like Elon Musk. I was like looking at him when he said that. And he seemed like, he, like I did not believe him when he said that because he sounded like he was just in a board meeting and giving this, this huge time horizon for his workers to be like, Oh fuck, here's our public time horizon that we now have to meet. And we so probably just won't. You think he's, he was trying to push his, like say you need to get this done by a certain time. I think he, I think there, there's definitely gotta be something to it, but I, I think he gets caught up in the lights a little bit and likes to maybe put, throw that out in the world to, to push a little bit. He's famous for this. He does this with Tesla too. He always, he always overstates how productive they'll be. That's like one of his yeah. things. So yeah, well, okay. So he said within a year, they'll be ready to test it on the first human. Then he said uh, five to 10 years, we'll have the ability, I don't know if it's with Neuralink or not, have the ability to communicate with our mind. I don't know what, the, what fast that is. And then, like, yeah, and then 10 to 15 would be, like, fully functional outside of just, like, the first test. Like, we'll, you'll, you'll be able to pay for it privately and get it. Um, but I think, so, yeah, like Justin said, Tesla, he was way off. Like, the Roadster, he was way off on a lot of projections and timelines. Uh, but for me, like, when he says these uh, timelines, I think he's, he's, uh, he's, he's, like, determining them based on, like, currently what he knows and, like, how it's going at that time. And like different shit pops up, so timelines are gonna sh shift. But in my mind, I don't know if this is like the wrong way to think about it. But he, I think he he's like he's making a very honest estimate based on what's happening right now. And it's not like just because he's trying to like build hype or like he's trying to like coach his team and, and put a, a timeline out there that they have to meet. I really think it's like. It's, it's based on what's happening right now. But things definitely change because he, he has like four different companies he's like shifting and prioritizing. So that shit changes. I don't know how he does that, by the way. I do, not, I do not understand how he or Jack Dorsey have two multiple yeah. corporations that they're running. That's insane to me. They're very insane. Especially, they're all very like, very elite, like, mature, <laughs> like emerging technologies that's never been done before. So it's, probably, not like, yeah. it's not like operating like a... Like a uh, as a company that's been running and like this is very research intensive like development intensive things yeah the margin of error on most of these are pretty small like getting to space like yeah, putting yeah. shit in the human brain like it's not like he's like a marketing company and like an average like yeah exactly yeah, yeah but everything is is trial and error so like he, him doing different companies is just him having different email addresses that he's probably emailing on for most of the day and as he put it you know what is it 80 percent of his brain capacity is tesla i think or and then like 20 like 15 is spacex five is Neuralink or something one percent who, who, who knows like but i would say that, probably tesla for sure has to take up the majority of his time like that's yeah. probably i mean because he's there's so many like actual products like that he has to get out there um justin how are you how are you doing on time um i have like another 15 minutes okay um so in terms of where, Justin, what do you think in terms of, from what you saw on the Joe Rogan podcast, like, do you have thoughts on like what Neuralink will be aside from like pretty good in the medical space, perhaps? 
You mean like what do we do for workforce productivity or something? Yeah. Any, yeah. Any, any other implications? I don't think I have too much that you guys probably have. Enough. I, I watched most yeah. of that podcast. I don't want to belabor this topic. I don't have too many points other than what you guys have already brought up. Um, yeah. It's exciting. I, I'm excited by it. I'm, I think that the regular, you know, the question of how it will be regulated is certainly something interesting <laughs> yeah. that is never relevant. Been before. And, yeah. Never been done before. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is like, I, I still can't believe that in our government today, we don't have a CTO position. Like, I, I just can't believe yes, there's no yes. technical positions in the government. Like, I cannot, given how important it's it is, like when Zuckerberg crazy. was in front of the yeah. Senate Judiciary Committee, so bad. and they're like, they're like, how do you make money? And he was like, we run ads. <laughs> he was like, no, we run ads, Senator. I was just like, oh my God. And, uh, and like, all these career politicians, it's like, there's so many smart people in this country. Just get, we, like, every state should have a CTO. Yeah, for sure. There, there are versions of that. There's chief information officers of like health departments, but like they've been out of the game for decades. You need someone like every, in that position should open up every two or three years. Yeah. You can't, have, you can't have someone that's been out of the tech work field for 10 years hop in there and try to expect to run things like 10 years ago. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that every state should have a CTO like in a whole technical staff and there should be like there's a secretary of treasury and secretary of agriculture. There should be a secretary of technology. For sure. Yeah, I agree with I, that. I, sure. I, can't, I can't believe there isn't. I can't yeah, believe yeah, yeah. there isn't. It's I, so I, surprising to me. I completely um, agree. Because there like there is definitely a like a generational gap in terms of like if I'm explaining something technology wise, I could I could confuse certain people with just like how to work Gmail. Like and if you're if your government and your local government is lagging because they are struggling with like how to merge contacts or like something just like so minute yeah. that like and their pride, their ego is just getting in the way of being like, I don't understand this language. This is making things move faster. Like you take heed on, on organization and, yeah. uh, and, and creating better avenues for productivity. Yes. Yeah. I, just, I that's, that's a good idea. I think we should give the position to uh, Elon Musk. Done. Done. I, I, I can't believe that. I'm so surprised. Like I, sometimes I think about what it'd be like to work for the government in like a high ranking position. And I shudder to think of the inefficiencies. Like, like yeah. if they just use Slack, would we all be solved? You know? And I know like something like that. And I know it's not secure. They can build one that's secure. It's not that yeah. hard. Like, come on. I, I'm, just, I'm just like, oh my God, I can just only yeah. imagine what, what they do every day. It must yeah. be so inefficient. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's like a, a big gripe in a lot of circles. A, um, a big delay, a big delay for COVID. The reason that we didn't get tests up and running so fast is that to get regulatory approval for new tests, paperwork had to be manually couriered from the headquarters of these companies to the government. They couldn't email them because of the, the rules just wouldn't allow for that. Jesus so Christ. that delayed it three weeks. Um, wow. that, like, yeah, yeah. Our testing was delayed partially because of just the framework, the infrastructure mandated that paper copies need to be signed by hand and then mailed in the mail to the government that had to get found and where go from this office to that office instead of an email. Wait, that was you, a huge reason why we didn't Why, why does nobody know that? Like nobody knows the reason, knows that reason. Yeah, I, I, I think it was in like some... It, it was in one of the one of the vices of the world, like mentioned it discreetly, and I was like, "What?" Because I was like, "Why can't we test so much?" And like, I know that like South Korea had SARS, so like they're a little faster than us. Yeah. They yeah. On a day when we had eight hundred tests, they already had eight hundred people confirmed, meaning that like 
they had many more tests available in yeah. early March. So like, yeah, dude, it's just, you know, we're an old, we're a country with an old constitution. It needs to be updated. You know, That's I don't right. know what else to say. Yeah. It's it, the, the, the way that things that I think a lot of people in government then become complacent. Right. And then they're just like, well, this is how it's done. And like to get things changed, it just does not evolve at a fast enough pace. Like at startups, like nice things about the startups is like the, the ability to kind of like think on your feet and change things quickly. Yeah. Like there doesn't need to be like a whole like bureaucratic, like process of changing, like a ceremony, like crossing of the guards for like a rule to be changed. Like yeah. that shit is just too slow. And then yeah. people just don't want to even try to change things because it, it's the process is too tedious and you'd rather just sit back in your office, put your legs up and then collect the check. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it literally takes something very negative like coronavirus to change things <laughs> like what we're talking about. Are, are other countries like are other republics that have a democracy do they, do they move as quickly or and as slowly as the U.S. does? Like, not, I'm not talking about China. Um, I'm talking about like like Europe, U- European countries, Japan, yeah. like you know, other countries, uh, India. Like, do they complain also, or is it just us? Like, I genuinely have no idea. I actually don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not sure. I feel like Europe, like, there's a thing of corruption that just kind of like supersedes everything in some countries. I think. I feel like Europe gets, uh, I don't, I honestly don't know, but I feel like Europe is pretty slow and laid back. Um, but no, I think that's a good question. I don't like a hundred percent. No. Like I just, I I have no idea. Like I, I, you know, and it's like, we're a big country. So like, you know, smaller countries with like 30 million people in total, like, uh, and they're all, they're pretty, they can be pretty homogenous, like some of the like Nordic countries. So yeah. it's like a little easier there. Maybe U.S. is just such a beast. We're a big economy and we're a melting pot. And also like we've got all these states. Like we are the United States. Like states have a ton of rights. Notice why Trump like can't tell which states to reopen. That's why it's like a spattering. Yeah, it's yeah. it's confusing. Like like you know it, it every every state has a lot of power. So it's it's yeah. very democratized, which is great. But like decisions can happen slowly, and it's like a yeah. patchwork blanket for getting back to reopen. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Corona kind of shed a light on that, you know, in terms of like, oh shit, it's coming. And then you just like move like Eeyore to like actually do like tangible, make tangible yeah. changes. Dude, the one thing I, I hate about this whole thing is like how politicized uh, your like your thought around like the, the risk of the virus and like reopening is. So like on both sides, if, if I say like, you know, it's time to open things back up, like this is not really a big risk to me. People like people will say, oh, you sound like Republican. If I say like, yep. I, I'm like, you know, we should definitely be much more cautious. We need to stay home for a lot longer. Be like you fucking liberal, like people are so this has become so politicized. And like yeah. you're you can't even have a, a, a judgment or like a thought around e- either side without being like derogatory called one of those sides. I hate yeah. it. It's really, it's bad. It's, there, it's, there is no, it's very hard to have an answer that everyone agrees with in the room. Healthcare yeah. is already, healthcare is already a really touchy subject in the United States. And this is, this has healthcare written all over it. So like, it's very easy to kind of like, like you saying, I want to go out, it, like debate and discourse is like, you can always like prove things like, yeah, I want to go out. It's like, but you don't know if you're not sick. That's a risk 
that you are putting on yourself. You're being an yeah. asshole to everyone. Or I can say like, no, I think like the government should make people stay inside. It's like freedom type shit. Um, yeah. Again, so like, it's just that that's just easy discourse to have and and when you go to like networking events and like haha things and people are kind of like in their automatic uh like thinking situation they just kind of like think that and like say it it's not like a very nuanced like yeah, take that's what i mean like there's not much thought like there's merits in all these different like sides no because nobody really knows like i don't actually know i have an, I have an opinion and like someone else saying um it's less or more risky like there's definitely merits to what they're saying but don't just say like don't just like align me with a certain group because yeah. of my view on it yeah and i think also to to the point of like technology and like the government not working well like republicans want the government to not work well like they want less government so it's like in, they're incentivized to have it not work well. So like the whole system is just set up to like move slowly. Just like there's two parties. One of them likes government. One of them doesn't. The one that doesn't's like, nah, like we're just going to sit here and do nothing. And it's just like, I, they, it, go ahead. I wonder why. So I, a lot of people say that they're, I know a lot of Democrats and I know a lot of, people at least our age would say I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. That's a popular thing to say, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also sounds, you know, it's like also the, li the libertarian platform. Yeah. Um, and, and what side of the fence people fall on when they go to vote? I don't know. You know, there are really two parties that matter here. I know there's technically a third. My question is, if so many people in my generation that I've spoken to, and it's so easy to say I'm socially liberal, but fiscally conservative, why doesn't the Libertarian Party get more votes? Like, what, what happens when you go to the ballot box? Like, what, what changes? All it's, probably the, it's probably the brand. That's it. That's, that yeah. could be it. Like, I don't even... There, there is a Libertarian candidate. I don't even know his name. <laughs> it's like Rand Paul. Did you guys know his something? name? Rand Paul, maybe? Uh. I, I heard him speak on... He was on some talk show. I heard him talk, and he did his thing. But, like, they get no love. And I'm kind of no. like, well... Well, because so, someone, like, to make that change is, like, difficult like to vote for like an andrew yang like oh he's a little weird oh he's different like mm -hmm. different is like and like politics just hasn't in our lifetime i think hasn't ever been different that's why like i personally like andrew yang because i was like oh he's saying different shit than i'm used to and like i like the cut of his jib um like, wait, did you say and, a cut and, of his and, jib? Yeah, yeah. That's a, I'm going to fucking steal that. What is this, Gangs of New York? The cut of his jib? What is it? What is, what is the jib? I like the way, I like the way, I like the way he talks. What is it? What is a jib? Do you know? The, the air that comes out of his mouth when he uh, opens up the vocal cords. No, no, no. Like, what actually is a jib? Oh, uh, what actually is a jib? Uh, yeah. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> In my eyes, that's like a sailor thing. I'm just gonna guess. I just looked that up, dude. That's fucking sick. I can't <laughs> wait to be on a day with a girl and be like, be like, be like, you know jib, what? Let's go ahead again. Jib is jib. jib is a triangular stay sail set for set mm. forward of the forward most mass. Okay. So it's part dude. of a sailing. Nice, dude. Uh, Nick, you just so it's actually exactly you know sailor thing. Yeah, no, it's I, actually I think, Jim. I think uh, like I've heard that before, like being on a sailboat. 
Is that the Martha's Vineyard days peeking through? Yeah, that's the that is for sure. Ooh. The only sailboat I've ever been on was in Martha's Vineyard. Um, how that? How was that experience? Uh, it was cool. I mean, um, it's not like what I would want to do. Like, I definitely don't want to own a small ass sailboat and like deep like. <laughs> be thrown overboard in, when like the waves hit it but it was cool it was like kind of cool it like takes a lot of work i think to like yeah. maintain and shit but I w- i'm down for um a bigger boat <laughs> that's not a sailboat <laughs> for sure i'm down for the i'm down for the boat and big pimpin by jay-z in the music video <laughs> yeah i'm down for more like a yacht or like a uh, yeah you know what the, the saudi princes ride around yeah in? I yeah, I need like a truly in my hand. <laughs> yes, dude, like, a yacht would be fucking sick. That'd be yeah, that's yeah. baller, man. Like, yeah, yeah, having a little party on a yacht—that's that's insane. That's yeah. peak right there. Um, I didn't mean to get us off topic. I just had to, uh, the jib, the cut of the no, jib got got to me. That was funny. No, I, I think I think politics is too difficult for like the the layman to like understand. So they just it, it's easier to throw them in in two camps. It's easier to have rotten tomatoes be critic score and audience score if you start putting in other variables and make people try to decide on a more complex math equation people are just kind of too on average too like dumb for that i think and uh in terms of voting for a country of 300 million people it's it kind of sucks that we just have two like two well-branded choices for sure there should be more there shouldn't just be two gigantic parties and like that's it that's so not the right way to do it. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, like I, I should be able to think that the government is very inefficient and poorly run, but also believe in like social values and believe in what a government can be. Yeah. And not, you know, be considered a Republican. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with that. So um, we, we got like nine minutes left and then we're, uh, we're out of time here. Cool. What else right, is well, going well, on? Well, well, let's introduce one last topic. What's the last meaty, meaty topic we can jump into here? Mm. I, I mean, I've got a handful I can talk about, but they're just like the usual suspects. Like, you know, um, I mean, they were COVID, but we've already covered that. I just Wait. can't believe that, I just can't believe that I can't. I just can't believe that LA announced that they're going to be closed, shuttered in place until August one, but they may be earlier now, but they, it's Dude, very but unclear. Isn't that, uh, didn't the governor of California like say there's going to be reopening sooner than that, way sooner than that? Yes. It's very confusing. Who has seniority in LA, the mayor or the governor of the state? It's very, it's just very unclear. It's very, very unclear. Um, and it's just, it certainly doesn't seem to be happening. Everything is still closed, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll say that. It's unbelievable. I can't believe this. I don't, like. I have no idea what the thought is. I think there are going to be very, very big repercussions in politics and business, and with populism and nationalism and globalism after this. Sure, definitely. Like, yeah, I, I, I don't know how there can't be. Yeah, like, I, I can't. I just can't believe what's going on. It's it's stunning to me. Um, <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know. It's what else a, to say. With a disease, it's so difficult because this is like the the invisible war, where it's like there's no, like if you're like just let us go outside and like you give all the data of like infection rate and this and that and what the CDC recently said, there's still the the chance that you could get sick. It's like I, I would always think I would always think that it was weird that 
that offices didn't have like unlimited sick days. You know, That's true. like Some why, new. why? Yeah, but like ones that don't. Like, why would you? Like my like, I'm not gonna talk about. I'm not gonna talk about my job here, but. Like the fact that you wouldn't just give unlimited sick days and have like tasks that you just need to meet, like w- people go into the office and like, you'll see them like coughing or sick and it's like, they're for, they're kind of forced to do that. And I yeah. think this is kind of changing the way it's like, I think what, you know, humans are obviously one of the biggest insecurities is like death and like the quickest thing to death is like healthcare and a disease. So like, this is showing like, humans like craziest most like hypochondriatic state which is some people don't give a fuck and they're like let me free i'll be fine and they probably will be and other people are just straight bubble boys and 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 we're and we're finding out and like i'm one of them i'm a bubble boy alex alex wanted to go alex wanted to go golfing with me this weekend golfing pretty safe his girlfriend Uh. goes into work every day and tests all her patients and i was too scared to hang out with him (laughs) <laughs> yeah da- daniel daniel was like the first person i saw and like i i looked up his zip code he had zero cases he's been there for dude, like really? a month and a half yeah dude i'm the most scared but like i'm, I'm okay like most, but I, it's all fear it's all just fear and I, know. I and i'm and i'm very aware that it's just like fear i had to tell alex he'd be like you don't want to go golfing with me it's going to be beautiful i'm like no that's an unnecessary risk for me like i don't need to chill okay i i am fine indoors and I can sugarcoat it with, and we don't need to chill. Like, it's not, it's just Ooh, not necessary. We don't need to chill? What do you mean? We don't need to chill. Like, it's an unnecessary risk. Like, this is the first social wave in Corona, I think, like last week and then this week. Like, why do we have to be the first ones? Like, let's let it play out a little bit more, and then maybe I'll feel comfortable in like a week or two. Hmm. Okay. First, I think it, for you, it's probably different living with your girlfriend in a fucking beach house. Okay, so you're very comfortable, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But other people are who live by themselves and may not be living in the best uh, situation, and like they're not making money for or their business is, is is not doing well. I think they're probably a different, a little different opinion. But also, like, okay, so you looked up Daniel, like his cases in his county, like if he's not seeing anybody, like so what? Just because like he's in a little bit of a more of a hot spot, like it's not. It's not like floating in the air. Like, so what if it's like a little bit more cases in his county? No, it's zero okay. cases in his county. Okay, no, but I was saying you, you just the fact that you looked that up in the first place. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, and I, I agree, it's over the top. But I think a lot of people have sentiments similar to mine in terms of just like fears. These are like yeah. everything, all of this is like fear. And then when you're a governor responsible for the health care of, how big is California? How big? What's the population of California? Is it 50 million or something? Out there. Like, it's, it's these governors, like, fears of, of just, like, it popping up again. And, and, like, for a governor, like, California to me, I was actually shocked to see that he put it three months out and was, like, one of the first ones to do it. Because, like, LA. why wouldn't – oh, just L.A.? Right. Like, it was LA, but it might be modified. It's very unclear. Like, why wouldn't you see how, like, let Texas open first and then, like, watch them. Yeah. And then, like, it was surprising to me that LA put such a, a long timeline rather than just being like, we're going to play this month by month and I'll update you. True. 
Yeah, I, I think that like, there's so many deaths from other causes that we do to ourselves, like heart attacks, heart disease kills 600,000 people a year in the US. Like that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. let's say we cap this at 150K for the year from Corona in the US. And then things go back to normal vaccine and then it keeps going out and like eating poorly and dying. Like there was one week where COVID killed more people than cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? Like there was one week, then it went back to heart disease and like yeah. uh, cancer kills 600,000 a year as well. It's just yeah, like, damn, that's, it, a, that's but, crazy. But, it, but it's the immediacy of COVID that scares people. It's oh, of the, course. the fact that you and the unknown. It, like die in a week. Yeah, and it, it could be millions if we, don't, we aren't careful. And of course we should yeah. be careful and get a vaccine out and do, be, be responsible. But I'm just saying like, once we get this under control and I'm, I'm hoping that at some point that will happen, it probably will, we go back to normal. Ever, like there, there, there was just no level of, there, there was no level of alarm for how many people die every year from heart attacks. And it's a lot, it's a yeah. lot in the US. Like our eating habits are horrible. Like horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Like salt kills so many. Like it's like Jesus. I'm like there's no regular. Like there's no worry or no regulation on how people eat. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things t to say. Like in response to that, I mean, obviously this is contagious. Like you can give it to someone else, so that True. plays a major factor. And like there's so much unknown, especially like it's not con like conclusive that antibody. Like you necessarily don't even develop antibodies, and that the antibodies will help for sure uh you know keep it away from you in the future like that's not conclusive so there's just so much unknown that i think like it's hard to compare this to any other thing like n the numbers wise like heart disease i know it's probably more but like it's hard it's not apples to apples it's like in my opinion it's hard to compare like i don't like using of course. that in the argument yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a fatal viral illness so it's unlike anything else um yeah Thank by the way I, I see that we have less than a minute left on our time running out of time yeah, we gotta wrap this up, um, but boys, uh, it's been great. <laughs> it's been yes. good to have you on, Justin Thank W. You. Man, second ever guest. So uh, thanks for joining. Hopefully, we'd love to will, be back sometime. Yeah, hopefully things will open up, up in uh, you know your county for you soon. But uh, yeah, Thank hopefully you. we can get you back on the, as a guest uh, later on. All right, boys. Yeah, catch us, catch us on Spotify. We'll do. Peace, man. Peace. Oh, yeah, Nick. Yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, fuck. Yeah, go ahead. Probably like 10 seconds. It's weird. I'll see you on the call later, but I was talking to Justin Brini Rivers, and I'm, I'm going to be, like, making music with him later, and then he specifically said, tell Nick Sanders I say what up. Really? What? You, That's so you, weird. Do you know him? Oh, the, the twins are, are, like, lifetime childhood friends of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, not, we don't keep in touch, but like, we yeah, were yeah, childhood yeah. friends. No, I know how that, that was because he, he just like, we've never talked about you. And he's just like, I said, like, because he's going to, uh, he's going to mix 